0: here on Men's Conference starting this Friday. It will be a good time. I'm very excited and pumped for that. Um, Be sure on Sunday morning that you turn back time.
1: It's
0: daylight savings time, fall back. And then uh, on November 8th, we're going to have Andrew Taylor. Uh, He has a Bible school in uh, Fiji. And Gabriel and I had the privilege of going there. He has a Bible school in Indonesia, and he has a ministry in India, and uh, we're going to be glad to have him here. And uh, also, um, I wanted to let you know that uh, uh, we have a uh, fundraiser. Uh, it was uh, put on Grace's heart, and uh, she wants to raise money for beds for the Blessed Children Home. And uh, they're going to be selling brownies, peanut butter pie, uh, pumpkin bread, and chocolate chip cookies. And uh, they'll have order forms so if you're interested in any of that. So you can rev up your sweet tooth and uh, open up your pocketbook. And it's not just about the sweets, it's about what it's going to do, amen? amen. So uh, that's an opportunity that we have, and uh, you can see Grace uh, for more information about that. Hallelujah. And uh, also, um, I'm very pleased to announce that my new book is here, uh, The Business of Blessing and Being Blessed. Uh, it just came yesterday, uh, so that is available, and uh, you can check it out. We've got some on the back table there. Um, hallelujah. I think it's $15. If you're interested. Or if you want the electronic version, you can get it on Amazon as well. Uh, hallelujah. Say, God is good. God is good. Amen. Amen. So, um, I want to just share the scripture. From Psalm 126, verse 6. Psalm 126, verse 6. And I'm going to read it from the King James then a couple different translations. It's a very interesting uh, verse here. It says, He that goes forth and weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves With him. The New American Standard says, He goes to and fro weeping, carrying his bag of seed, and shall indeed come again with a shout of joy, bringing sheaves with him. And the complete English version says, We cried on the way to plant our seeds, but we will celebrate and shout as we bring in the crops. And then the God's Word translation says, The person who goes out weeping, carrying his bag of seed, will come home singing, carrying bundles of grain. So, in this passage, God turns your seed into a harvest. He turns your weeping into rejoicing and celebrating. And He turns your planting into a harvest. I mean... He turns your seed into sheaves, and you're planting into harvest. Alright? Yes. And notice, the King James says, doubtless, say, this will work. This this will work. Say, this works for me. Works for me. Yes. So, when we give, you know, we, we shouldn't just give out of duty. Right. But we should literally be led by the Spirit in our giving, and because God knows the condition of every field. And he knows the assignment of every seed. And uh, you that are watching, you can get in on this too. And uh, you can sow. And uh, Ecclesiastes 11.1 says, Cast your bread upon the waters, for you'll find it after many days. Amen? Amen. And uh, when you sow... God makes it grow. So Father, I give you thanks and praise for every seed that is sown into your kingdom. Lord, into this ministry. It is holy. It is yours. And Lord, you bring a return and put a blessing on it so great. You turn the seed into sheaves, the planting into harvests, and the weeping into rejoicing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Alright. Are you ready for the word this, tonight? Yes. The word is going to do its work. I want you to turn with me into the book of Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. and We're going to look at... Uh, Verses twenty-two to twenty-four. Jesus responded to the fig tree and to his, to especially Peter, who noticed that the fig tree was cursed from its roots. And then Jesus answered and said unto them. Have faith in God. Or you could say, have the God kind of faith. Say, I have, I have the God kind, of faith. God kind of faith. Or you have the faith that comes from God. Or you have God's faith. Say, I have God's faith. I have God's faith. It's as if God personally gave you his faith. And he has an everlasting supply. So this is the faith that comes directly from God. It comes from his word, his promise, and his voice. And uh, we get to receive faith through our association, fellowship, communion, listening, hearing, and receiving it. Do you have your ears on tonight? Amen. Yeah. All right, and then let's read verses 23 and 24. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed, and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. How do you want whatever you say? That puts a... It makes you want to put on the brakes before you say something. Right? Verse 24. Therefore I say unto you, What things soever you desire when you pray, Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. In 23, he talks about saying, but in 24, he talks about praying. Some things need to be said, and some things need to be prayed. And the things that need to be prayed don't need necessarily need to be said. And the things that need to be said don't need to be prayed. Got that? Amen? So, what does faith do? It believes, it speaks. And it acts. Alright? Faith believes, faith speaks, and faith acts. Because he said, say to this mountain. Right? And then he said, believe in your heart, and you can have whatsoever you say. Faith talks, walks, and lives. It sees, it knows, it hears Whatever it does in God's word. Okay? So when Jesus said, uh, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He's this word is really the word amen. The word assuredly. It means of a truth, most assuredly, let it be. Alright? So Jesus is saying, "Assuredly, I say, This is how faith works. This is how we release our faith. Alright? When we speak to a mountain, we cannot doubt in our heart. We must eradicate any ounce of doubt from us. You've got to put the doubt out. Amen? Because... If you allow doubts to come in, it will affect how you believe. You have to resist the slightest temptation to doubt. In other words, you've got to keep your confidence, your assurance, and your persuasion. You know, when you believe something, you are fully persuaded that it is so. And... Whenever we have something in life, we have to be persuaded that what God said is so versus what we see. Amen? Amen? I want you to go with me to John chapter 4. The Gospel of John chapter 4. And we're going to see a story here about the second miracle that Jesus did. John chapter 4, and let's go to verse 45. John 4, 45. Then when he was coming to Galilee, the Galileans received him, having seen all the things that he did at Jerusalem at the feast, for they also went to the feast. They saw what he did at the marriage. At the at, you know he turned water into wine. Verse forty six. So Jesus came again into Cana of Galilee, where he made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went unto him. I want you to notice. He did something with what he heard. He just didn't hear it and said, oh, that's great. That's wonderful. But what he heard caused him to take motion. What he heard, he caused to take action. Okay? Now, he was a nobleman. His son was sick. And he heard that Jesus was come. Jesus is the Word, so he heard the Word. What comes when we hear the Word? Faith Faith comes, right? So when he heard that Jesus was there, faith has already come to his heart. And what can you do with faith? Anything that you need done? What's faith's specialty? The impossible. Faith specializes in anything that you think is impossible. Yeah. It makes the impossible possible. Faith removes the I am in front of impossible. So, okay. He went unto him and besought him. Would you say that he's seeking him? Yeah. He's seeking him based on something that he heard. Okay? That he would come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. I want you to notice, he's not focusing on death. He wants Jesus to correct the situation. Okay? Okay? said unto him, verse 48 except you see signs and wonders you will not believe do we need to see something to believe? what evidence do we need to believe that something is true? it's what he said now at this point Jesus didn't have a whole lot of miracles that he did Because the Bible says, the the turning of water into wine, on the list of miracles, what miracle was that? Number one. one. That's really not a whole lot of information to go on. But yet, it's enough. The nobleman said unto him, Sir, come down before my child died. Jesus said unto him, go your way, your son lives. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him, and he went his way. See, this is what belief does. Belief is confidence in what God said. You don't need any other evidence. You don't need any more proof. What God said is sufficient to change the situation. Yeah, amen. This man was not focused on death. He was focused on the answer. The answer is Jesus. He didn't even tell Jesus, I'm looking for a sign. He just says, come, my son is near death. Right? Right? So, Jesus did not go with them, but Jesus sent his word. Psalm 107 verse 20, I think it is, he sent his word and healed (laughs) them. You know, Jesus can send his word to any situation. There's no time or space when it comes to the word. There's no distance with the word.
1: Right now, if we needed to, we could send the
0: word to China.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: Yep. we can send the word to Guyana we should
1: send the word to
0: China <laughs> <laughs> I like well, what Lester Somerhal said one time uh, he had one of those big cargo ships and he would fill it with food and medical supplies and so he was going to a, a war-torn country And he said, we're going to go and distribute this room. We're going to go tell the devil, sit down and shut up and quit fighting. Okay? So the man believed. Say "The the man believed. What did he believe? He believed the word. He didn't believe what he felt. He didn't believe anything else but what the word said. Okay. And he went his way. Say, he went his way. went his way. Verse 51. And as he was go- now going down, his servants met him and told him, say, your son lives. Isn't that the exact word that Jesus said? Yep. Verse 52. Then he inquired of them the hour when he began to amend. And they said unto him, yesterday at the seventh hour, the three. will... Everybody say, Yesterday. Yesterday. Yes. It must have took him a day to get to Jesus. Because it took him a day to get back. Because Jesus spoke yesterday, but it was today. Did you know that God sends his word into his future? Yesterday, the seventh hour of the fever left him. So the father knew... That it was at the same hour in which Jesus said unto him, Your son lives, and himself believed, and his whole house.
1: Because
0: yeah. why did the house believe it? Because he told the story of what happened. I went to Jesus, and he said, Your son lives, go your way. And I believed him, and I went, and it was just like he said it was. kind of faith. This is the faith from God. Verse 54. This is again the second miracle that Jesus did when he was come out of Judea into the Galilee. Let me say the second miracle. second miracle. This was only the second miracle that he did. Someone say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, that man had to go in the strength of what the word said. There was no other test that he could do to see that his son's situation changed. Only what the word said. As that man was going, I bet he was praising Jesus for the word he spoke. In Mark 11, 24, let's look at that again. Go back to Mark eleven twenty four. We have got to get true Bible faith in our hearts. Notice what it says in Mark eleven twenty four. 24. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, When you pray, what do you need to do? Believe what? Notice it says, believe you receive, not hope you receive. Believe. See, you have to believe something. You can't believe nothing. So what you believe has to be based on something solid. It can't be based on what you feel because feelings aren't solid. Because they change like the weather in Oklahoma. You don't like the weather, just wait a minute. What you believe can't be based on your past experience. Why? Your experiences change. What you believe can't be based on The sole information of a quote-unquote expert. Why? Experts can be wrong. Especially if they're of the world. What you believe can only be based on something that's firm, solid, and never changes. Go with me to Matthew 17. Matthew 17. son uh, brought his uh, father brought his son to the disciples they couldn't cast the devil out and then Jesus cast him out and uh, in verse 19 Matthew 17 19 the disciples came to Jesus and said why could we not cast him out and Jesus said because of your what see unbelief does not work miracles. I'm going to say unbelief. You would have had to believe something before you unbelieved it. Right? But what made you unbelieve? What? See, your belief was so weak it was easily unraveled. It's like when you got a loose thread on the garment. Don't pull the thread. Why? You might lose your garment. Right? Jesus said because of your unbelief for verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say to this mountain, Remove here to yonder place, and it shall it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible to you. Say nothing, nothing shall be impossible shall be to me. It's not the amount of faith you have, it's what you do with it. Is a mustard seed big? If you had faith as a mustard seed, what would you do? According to that verse. You would say. Is saying taking an action? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Alright. It's not the size of the seed, but it's where you put it and how you act. The more you act in faith, speak in faith, the more the seed will grow. Because faith does grow. The New Testament says faith grows exceedingly. Okay? Now I want to share with you some keys on how to have and develop the God kind of faith. Are you ready? Okay? Number one, if you're going to develop the God kind of faith, you've got to consider what do you listen to Faith comes by what? And hearing what? So, if you have a need or a struggle or a challenge, what are you listening to? To change it. Are you listening to your body? Because your body will say, Ow! Ow! It hurts! It's sore! Right? Your body will say those things. But faith comes by hearing and hearing God's word. So, if you want to have the God kind of faith, you've got to be careful who you listen to or what you listen to. You can't just listen to anything. You've got to listen to the word of God, the pure source of faith, the only source of faith. You've got to hear what God said on the matter if you want it to change. Whether you're sick, whether you're broke, whether you're hurting, whether you're depressed. When you're depressed, what is your body going to do? Your body's going to say, I want to be alone. I want to cry. I want to be in the dark. I want to do all this stuff, right? And If we're listening to that, and we're making that our focus, then we're going to be saying that, and it's not going to change. But, if you're depressed, you can say, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I've got joy unspeakable and full of glory. You can combat the depression with the Word of God, or whatever else it is that you're facing. See, miracles come by hearing, by faith. It's about how we receive God. Amen? It's about the report that we're going to believe. Go with me to Romans 10. Romans 10. We're facing impossible challenges in life. We're going to have to have faith that makes the impossible possible. Amen. We're going to have to have the God kind of faith. This is the faith that we're supposed to live by. Amen. This is—we are actually supposed to live by like this. Okay, Romans ten, verses sixteen and seventeen. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed our report? So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Report and hearing are the same word. Okay? How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing someone tell what God said or hearing what God said directly. God uses the medium of preaching to communicate faith. Right? Mm-hmm. So, you've got to know how God speaks, and you've got to know his voice. Okay. You've got to know where to get information, the truth about God. Amen? How many of you have ever had to look up a reference of something?
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, now we can do it on our phone. I mean, now it takes seconds. You don't have to give an encyclopedia. Praise the Lord. You don't have to go to the card catalog in the library. It's all, it's, it makes it real easy to access information. Yeah, that, like, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. But do you realize people reference their problems in life, not what God says, but what, what, but what they feel, what they've experienced, what others say, blah, blah, blah. They, they're not referencing God. and if you're not referencing God you're citing the wrong source
1: and if you're citing
0: the wrong source you get no miracle
1: there's no power
0: in the wrong source
1: you've got to make a right choice to be fully persuaded
0: convinced and assured of the validity of the information that you're getting And the only way that we can do that, there's only one truth, and that is the B-I-B-L-E. Jesus is the way, the truth. He's not a truth, he's the truth. Amen. So you've got to get God's message. Let the Holy Spirit instant message you.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) He doesn't even need your phone. He can talk directly to you, you have a direct line to Him. He can tweet you, text you, He can get it to
1: you. I mean, there's no better mail than airmail,
0: don't need a post office box, don't need an email. It's a direct line of communication with God. If you want to change things in your life, you're going to have to get what God said and you're going to have to speak it and act like it's so. Uh, And while while I'm saying this, I'm getting revelation from myself.
1: Uh.
0: So you've got to hear. You've got to listen. Be careful what you're listening to. Number two, if you want to have a God kind of faith, you gotta consider who you're looking at, or what you're looking at. You gotta look under Hebrews twelve two says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. Everybody say looking. looking. Interesting definition of that word looking. It means. Looking away from all else and fix your gaze upon one thing. If you're you're looking to your broke elbow, you've got to take your eyes off your broke elbow and look to Jesus the healer. Can Jesus heal a broke elbow? Sure. He can speed up that process quicker than you ever thought. But here's the problem. Most people keep looking at this. That's what they're looking to. Your elbow is not the author and finisher of your faith. Your liver is not the author and the finisher of your faith. Your bodily systems are not the author and the finisher of your faith. If you can salt your body, you're going to get death. If you, consult your body, the problem in your body is not going to get fixed. You've got to consult God. Go to Psalm 25. Psalm 25. The God kind of faith is about what you listen to and what you look to. When that when that nobleman heard Jesus say, Go your way, your son lives, you know he was picturing his son living? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Why? He was in complete agreement with the word. Yep. Why? How do we know that? Because the word God he got exactly what the word said. Yep. And you don't get you don't get what the word says if you're not in agreement with the word. Right. Psalm twenty five. Verse 1, unto you, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. Or it's another way of looking at the Lord. Oh my God, I, I trust in you. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. Yea, let none that wait on you be ashamed. Let them be ashamed which transgress without cause. Show me your ways. He can't show you his ways if you're not looking at him. You've got to look at them. Teach me your paths. Lead me in the truth. And teach me for you are my God. My salvation. On you I wait how long? All day. You have to be careful getting impatient with God. Right. Well God it hasn't happened yet. You're about to get out of faith. Yeah. When, you, when you become impatient you know you leave faith. Because faith cooperates with the fruit of the spirit. Mm -hmm. Faith works by love, doesn't it? Love is a fruit. So faith works in conjunction with the fruit of the spirit. In other words, a person in faith will display the qualities of the fruit of the spirit. Mm -hmm. You'll never see a person in faith anxious. Right. Or fearful. You'll never see a person in faith worrying. You'll never see a person in faith angry at people. Oh. Okay? Psalm 121 says, lift up your eyes, that's where your help comes from. Say, my help comes from Jesus. Say, my help comes from from the Word. And God gave you a help See, what you look at is is your focus. seen God physically. So God's wanting you to trust in something that you cannot see with your physical eyes. But what does faith do? It sees the invisible. It believes the impossible. Go to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. Look at verse 5. Trust in who? How? With all your heart and lean not onto what? Oh my gosh. When you're when someone's trying to get healed based on their own understanding, they have no crush to lean on. It's insufficient. It's not going to produce what you need. Guess what? God does things that will blow your mind. You can't understand how God does it. you just got to trust. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Don't put reason as to why you put your hope in God. Don't reason it. You've got to trust Him with your heart. Guess what? You've got to trust Him with the same place you believe Him with, your heart. Not not the, not the, the thing that... The heart. It's the real you. It's the recreated person. It's the born again person. That's the heart. He's the hidden man of the heart. How how much of your heart do you need to trust? All. Did you know when you put all over here, you don't have anything else to put over here? When Abraham... to Melchizedek in in Genesis 14 and the king said we should give you some of this Abraham said no right? what did he do? he raised his hand and he said I'm in covenant with God and no man is going to be able to say that they made Abraham rich So, but we know in in Genesis 13 he was very what? who made him rich? if it wasn't man then God was to make him rich. Abraham's a man, he didn't make himself rich, but he was in covenant with God. Amen. He trusted God with his whole heart. He he was willing to sacrifice Isaac. That took some trust. He had the knife in his hand raised. Ready to trust him in his son. Because he knew that no matter what he did, God would have raised him up. He went into that situation knowing what God was going to do. And he trusted God the whole way. on, On the morning he was going to sacrifice Isaac, the Bible says he woke up early. He got his provisions ready. He got everything ready. He walked. with with Abraham and, and the servants. I mean, he walked with Isaac and the servants. And he was trusting the whole way. See, the problem is, people trust with part of their heart and not their whole heart. I love the Lord God with all my heart, all my soul, and all my strength. When you trust God... With your whole heart, you can't have room to trust something else. What happens to a person who wavers? Do they receive anything from God? No. What, what is someone who wavers? They're holding on to two things. Someone who wavers is trying to trust two things, two opinions, two thoughts, two, two different things. And guess what? Can't. You can't. You've got to let go of one and hold on to the other. Trust the Lord with how much of your heart? All All your heart. There's only one firm foundation, and that's Jesus. He is the chief cornerstone. He is the firm foundation. He is the rock of ages. See, faith has to stand on something. It doesn't stand on nothing. It has to stand on something solid. Amen? Amen? Just like every building has to be put on a firm foundation. If the foundation is off, the building will get wrecked. It will not stand. It will not last. And the only foundation that can be laid is Christ. He's the only foundation. Say, Jesus Christ is the only foundation of my life. Of my prosperity. Of my peace. Of my strength. Of my hope. Of my joy. Everything else will fall. Amen. So it's what you listen to, it's who you're looking at, it's who you trust in. You know, God asks you to trust in something that you can't see or you can't feel physically. You got to trust in what He said. Now, just, just does, but when we trust what God says, does it sometimes affect our feelings? Absolutely. But sometimes it doesn't, and we get confused. Did you know that you can be in faith and have no feelings associated with it? Yeah. Faith is not about how you feel. <laughs> Paul and Silas, when they were in the prison, they didn't ask each other, hey Paul, how are you feeling? <laughs> hey Silas, how are you feeling? They didn't ask that question. Yeah. Why? Because if they went with it, the, they were feeling good. They just got beaten. and they're in chains and they're in darkness in a place that stinks. You're not going to feel good. So why consult the body? Why ask the body how are you feel? It's irrelevant. What did they start doing? They started praising God. They could have talked about their feelings all night. And it wouldn't wouldn't have loosed a chain. It wouldn't open up a door. But when they magnified God, in spite of their feelings, that's when God began to work. i got two more. I'm going to give them to you real quick. Alright? If you want to have a God kind of faith... What do you believe to be true? Whose report do you really believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. Lord. His report says, I am healed. So what do you believe to be true? Jesus, John 14 says, he, he is the truth. He gave us the spirit of truth. He says he'll bring us into all truth. Romans 3, 4 says, Let God be true and every man a liar. What does truth do? I thought about this. Truth clears the way of junk. Mm. If you're traveling on a road, and there's fallen trees in that road... It's going to make traveling on that road hard, but truth clears the fallen trees. Truth clears the debris. Truth makes the path clear. It makes it, um, it removes the deception. It removes the darkness. It removes the lies. It clears the way. How many has ever told a lie but then told the truth? Right? What did telling the truth do to you? Huh? It freed you from the guilt and the shame and the condemnation that you were carrying when you told the lie. I and mean, then it was like, oh, I'm so glad I told you. That was a weight off my chest. See, truth removes the weights, truth clears the path. That's what truth does. What is the role of the truth? It's to, it's to set you free and keep you free. It's to keep you going in the right direction. On the right path. How important is it? <laughs> well, when you got God who's true, when you got Jesus who's the truth, when you got the Spirit, i tell say it's pretty important. Yes. Amen? Amen? It is a standard. Of, and then finally, if you want to have the God kind of faith, you've got to know what to say, how to release your faith. Amen? The primary way that faith is released is through words. The woman with the issue of blood, she heard of Jesus and she said, "I say, she said. Yes, she said, what did she say? If I touch his clothes, I shall be made whole." What did she do? She backed up her words with her actions. She said something and she did what she said, and guess what? She got what she said. Isn't that what Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty four? You'll have what you say. Go to Second Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and I'm almost done. It's so important, especially in the time that we're living in. You know, there's a lot of people that give mental assent to God, but they don't have genuine faith. They agree with what God said, but it's not established in them enough to move them into action. <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter four, verse thirteen. See, real faith, when you believe what God said, you will put that into action. That will that will um, that will help people to tell if you're in mental assent or in real Bible faith, right? The one who acts on what the Word says, they're in real Bible faith. The one who says they believe it and does nothing, they're in mental assent. Faith without works is what yeah. hmm. dead people don't move. Dead people don't speak. Dead people just lay there. And if your faith, faith without works is dead, God's saying you got some dead faith. You got faith that does nothing, it just lays there. It doesn't do anything. If you got faith that doesn't do anything, it's dead faith. It's dead. You've got to resurrect it. You've got to call the dead man Lazarus to take up water. Even the dead man who was dead for four days, when he responded to the word, what did he do? He got out of the grave. Amen. See, when something is dead like that, it can be resurrected through Jesus. But, you know, Jesus did say, let the dead bury the dead. There's some things that need to remain dead. All right, Second Corinthians chapter four, verse thirteen. Then I'm done. We having the same spirit of what? Okay, this is the spirit of faith. This is the essence of faith. This is the life of faith. According as it is written, I believe, and therefore have I what? Real Bible faith, it believes what God says, and it says what God says, and it does what God says. We also believe and therefore speak. When David faced Goliath, he spoke. When Daniel, when he, he read the government edict that said, You shall not pray for 30 days. Except unto the king. Daniel read it and said, yeah, right. <laughs> and what did he do? He went to his house and prayed more, like, what is it, three or five times a day. It, there was a government, he was a government official. And there was a government order that said, don't pray for 30 days unless you pray to the king. He says, I'm not praying to the king, I'm praying to the king of kings. Not only did he go and pray, he opened up his windows. <laughs> See, he was bold against the enemy. The enemy says, don't do this, I'm gonna do it because God told me to do it. What God said overrides what the enemy says, overrides what the world says, overrides what my body says. This is the spirit of faith. You gotta be as it is written, then you speak. The first release of faith is what you say. And what you keep
1: saying.
0: Yeah. yeah. Let me give you an example. I'm just going to use healing. But it can be anything else. Alright? It can be anything. You need healing in your body. Okay? And you have been prayed for. You have been spoken to. You have gotten the word on healing. Now, you have got to say it when you wake up. Say it when you're eating breakfast. Say it when you're having lunch. Say it when you go to bed. Next day, you've got to say it when you're having breakfast. You've got to say it when you're having lunch. You've got to say it when you go to bed. The next day, you've got to say it. Well, how long do I keep saying it until it shows up? Yeah. Because every time you say it, you're hearing yourself say what God said. Faith comes by what? Amen. When you hear yourself say what God said, faith comes quicker. Amen? Amen? But see, here's the problem. Sometimes we have our moments where we stop saying what God said. And, you know, it, It's like having the batteries run out of a flashlight and it's dark and you need the light. But you let the battery run out. You didn't change the battery. You didn't keep the power supply up. Amen? And and as you say what, see, and you've got to say what Jesus said, not what you feel, not what you think. Amen? Abraham did not consult his body. Or Sarah's womb. But he kept saying Abraham, 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 Abraham. What happened? What Abraham said brought Isaac. Because who, who told Abraham that he was Abraham?
1: God.
0: So he was speaking God's word. God gave him the name Abraham. So faith comes by what? Hearing God's word. So Abraham had God's word, Abraham said God's word, and God's word came to pass in Abraham's life. It wasn't an oops. It was a... What Abraham did, he took specific action to say what God said. And he had what God said. The only way that he could do it is by saying what God said. You can read Romans 4. It tells you about his story. How he kept his faith strong, giving glory to God. You know, you've got to keep your faith strong. Your faith is like like a muscle. If you don't eat for a week, what's going to happen to your body? It's going to be weak. You know, the first three days, you're just trying to get the taste out of your mouth. I fasted for a few days, not recently, but I have in the past. And but but once you get past a certain point, it's a lot easier. It's just the first few days; it's a little tough. Amen. Amen. But that's where real faith comes in. You know, when you look at your pocketbook and there's nothing in it, but you say that you're blessed of God, you say that God provides. You could either say my pocketbook is empty, or you could say God provides. Saying that your pocketbook is empty isn't going to change it. But when you say that God provides, that's going to change the emptiness that God's going to fill it. Yep. See what I'm saying? You're not denying the problem, but you're just saying something different about it. You're saying what God said about it. Because that's where faith comes. Amen? I, 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 do you understand that? So let's stand to our feet. And I want you to say this. I'm a person of faith, person of faith. I, do not quit. I do not quit I take heed to what God said I, take to what God said. I put what God said, I what God said, said. Above, what I above what I feel Above what I think Above, what I think. above, my, situation. above my situation Above what others say above what I'm said. laser focused, laser focused. I look unto Jesus. He's the pattern I follow.